Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. How y'all doing? Good. Doing all right. I'm okay. You know what? I'm okay. Uh, What's what's wrong? (laughs) Today the news dropped that uh, Tenet is going to be delayed Mm. indefinitely. Oh, Oh, no. No, Joshua. I can hear the sarcasm. <laughs> Don't fake that. Look, I love Christopher Nolan, but I love Robert Pattinson more, and I'm just bummed. Tell me though, are you really that excited to run to the movie theater to see Tenet? I would have seen it. Yes, he night, is. Opening night, shit. I think. I think that's what they're doing, though. Is they don't want to release it until they're able to get that oh, big box office number. That's a Absolutely. movie theater movie. You can't. You can't release that one to digital. Right. No. 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 I do agree that it needs to be seen in a movie theater. Yeah, as is most Nolan movies. Some, right. yeah, there are some movies where the case can be made that it's fine to just go straight to digital, but there are some where it needs to be seen in a movie theater. It's been a great talk, great chat, but um, what are we fighting about today, guys? I just watched something. Yeah. Ooh, what'd you watch? For the millionth time. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you. Scream. Ah! <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yes? Who is this? Mm, who are you trying to reach? What number is this? What number are you trying to reach? I don't know. Well, I think you have the wrong number. Do I? It happens. Take it easy. Hello? I'm sorry. I guess I dialed the wrong number. Uh, So why'd you dial it again? To apologize. You're forgiven. Hello, Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) What a great ghost face. Thank you so much. You did that without the machine? (laughs) (laughs) Scream, as we all know, is a 1996 slasher film directed by Wes Craven. May he rest in peace. Yes. Uh, Written by Kevin Williamson. Awesome script. Stars David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, our beloved Matthew Lillard. This podcast is a Matthew Lillard stan account. uh, From from here on out. Can we put at the beginning, this episode is dedicated to Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. We love (laughs) you. Um, Scream tells the story of Sydney Prescott. She's a teenager in the fictional town of Woodsboro, and she finds herself at the center of a string of serial killings. Um, That it becomes apparent they might be connected to the death of her mother one year earlier. This killer also has a love for scary movies. Um, Scream was a pretty huge success when it came out in December of 96. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it was the first, but it definitely tapped into the meta commentary of, of horror movies. I think the first was actually maybe Wes Craven's own film, New Nightmare. 
came out mm-hmm. a few years before that. This movie kind of took that to the next level where everyone in the movie was kind of aware of what scary movies were, which is not something that was apparent before. It's revolutionary. Yeah. Like this whole movie redefined what a slasher and a horror movie was completely. So it cannot be overstated that <laughs> I am obsessed with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take you all back to December 1997. I was nine to show my age. <laughs> oh, grandpa. <laughs> grandpa. My sister came home with a Blockbuster rental. Rest in peace, Blockbuster. <laughs> uh, with a VHS of Scream. It's Sunday morning. We are both pastor's kids. We're PKs. Mm -hmm. My father and my mother are pastors. And before we go to church, she pops in this VHS and we watch the opening 15 minutes of Scream. (laughs) Oh, my God. Before church. And my dad comes down. He's like putting his tie on. He's ready to preach. (laughs) He's like, what in the world are you guys watching? (laughs) I had no idea. What I was watching, I just knew, like, my sister wanted to watch it, so I wanted to watch it. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my mind was that gif of, like, explosion. (laughs) (laughs) And then from then on out, I was hooked. I have loved horror films ever since. Nine years old. I do not recommend it. Can I take you on a little journey? Let's go. Please. Uh, So... Shit, I would have been nine as well. But it's 2000 now to show my age, so hey, I'm hey, also hey, nine. Hey, 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 chill, chill, chill. <laughs> <laughs> it is also 97. I was about to say, you guys are not the same age. But <laughs> I was nine as well, but that means my sister is 13. This is what's important. It's the summer of 2000. My sister is, I think, 2000 or 1999, one of two. But my sister is having her 13th birthday. I'm going to a friend's birthday later that afternoon. But my sister has a bunch of friends over, and I know this is her 13th birthday because my parents gradually let us start watching rated R movies when we were 13 because why not? They watch Scream like in the middle of the day, like two in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a fun little brother, and I start to watch it with him, and I barely make it to the boyfriend scene, and I I bail. Oh, baby Uh, Josh. (laughs) But I got all of the phone call. I I remembered it fully. Yeah. Flash forward to a couple hours later, I'm at my friend Cody's house. We're changing into our bathing suits to go swim in the lake. Cody's upstairs and downstairs bathroom are connected by a laundry chute. I shit you not. He did not know that I watched this for the first time earlier this afternoon. I'm changing into my bathing suit in the downstairs bathroom. And from the the laundry chute, someone opens the hatch and goes, do you know where I am? I thought I was going to die that day. <laughs> I've never been the same since. So thank our sisters for introducing us to Scream. Yeah, actually, though, at a, like the same age. Yeah. V- a vast amount of years apart, but at the same age. <laughs> vast, he said vast amount. Well, Rashawn, you are actually the one who introduced me to Scream. Did you know that? I was not aware of that, no. Yeah. I saw Scream hella late. So really? I saw all the scary movies first. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, like the like yeah. scary movie. Like, the, like yeah. no, like scary movie. Anna Ferris, yeah. Thank you. I guess like my whole horror movie thing, I just like didn't watch it because I was even too afraid to like watch any scary movies at all. 
Mm-hmm. But with Rashawn, you don't get the option of not watching something. No, man. So, <laughs> Except I, Watchmen, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's because I don't have HBO in my room. <laughs> Check back next week. <laughs> but I remember he's like, what do you mean you haven't seen Scream? And I was like, I mean, I feel like I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never like sat down and seen it. And I've only seen Scary Movie. He's like, oh, my God, it's ruined. And I was like, no, I'm down to watch it. And I mean, I wasn't scared at all. But I was like, holy shit, this is really fucking good. You're like, what do you mean you're not scared? I was like, it's not scary. Scream is scary. Scream is not scary. scary. It's It's tense. I'm with Carmela. I don't think it's scary. Yeah. The Strangers is fucking scary. Oh, my God. Scream is tense. You were afraid of a laundry shoot. At nine was, years old, yeah. Does the the first fifteen minutes not like send a chill? Down the your first spine? fifteen minutes are actually very scary. The rest of the movie, I don't think is that scary. It's like ten, it's tense, and there's some jump scares. Yeah, but the presence of jump scares to me doesn't make it scary. Like the Dark no. Knight has that crazy jump scare when the mannequin gets hit against the window, Dude. but the Dark Knight is not scary. Out of my skin, I jumped. Oh I, I also feel like I might have a different feeling if I did see it like y'all when I was younger. Right. Because I would have been like, oh, it's a scary movie. And I would have gone in watching it tense. But I saw it like, I don't know, at 22 or something. So I was just like, okay. And so I, what, yeah. 22 I years like, ago? Just, just last night. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of the in-between here. I grew up on horror movies. Like, my family is very much like Halloween is our thing. We love spooky shit. I would go to Hollywood Video. We didn't do Blockbuster. We did Hollywood oh, Video. Okay. And- across across the way. <laughs> <laughs> and- we, I would go every week and I'd get like chick flick rom-com and I'd get a horror movie. So I remember Scream with scary nostalgia and I remember it scaring me as a kid, but not to that extent, not like life-changing scares. I get that. I guess to continue the story, so we watched it on VHS because that next weekend, Scream 2 is coming out. Scream 2 oh. came out like literally a year later. Yeah, I forgot about that. And so I tagged along with my sister and her boyfriend. (laughs) Friday night, opening night, packed theater. We were late, so we had to sit at the very front row in the middle. And the opening scene of Scream 2, of course, is the movie theater sequence Mm -hmm. with Jada Pinkett Smith. And I'm even more terrified. And so, like, (laughs) fear is just ingrained in me. And she gets killed, of course, in the movie theater by Ghostface. And there were people in my theater that were wearing Ghostface masks. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. No. What a simpler time the 90s were. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Imagine that now. No. Hell no. No, 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 no. But, yeah, I, I think, to go back to Scream, we said how revolutionary it is. Maybe it's not super scary to some people. Some people. <laughs> but I think what the script does is is genius. And all of the actors, and of course Wes Craven, they're just tapped into something that was replicated for like the next six years, which is like this, these smart teenagers, maybe too smart for their own good, trapped in a movie with a killer. And then you got like Urban Legend, you got Valentine, you got I Know What You Did Last Summer, and all these teens who have seen horror movies but still can't escape this killer. 
Okay, but hit me. Uh oh. Do you think? Hmm. How to put? Okay. Do you think it maybe spawned too many copycats? Because it, at some point, by making fun of a trope, you turn it into a trope, and then it becomes what it's being made fun of. Does that make sense? Yes. Does that tarnish the original, though? That's true. That wasn't the main counterpoint I was going to start with with the script. I just wanted to start pushing your buttons early. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's fine. I don't think it it harms the legacy of Scream at all. I think we won't know whether or not that was Wes Craven's intention or how he felt about it. But I almost have a problem. I, I get a big part of the opening two acts of the script is supposed to be anybody could be the killer. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of turns out on its head by killing people left and right. Do you think they introduced too many su- suspects? No, no. It no. got heavy-handed for me when when we were supposed to believe the principal was also a suspect. I was like, okay, you know what I mean. You mean the part with the scissors where he like? Well, first when he when he threatens does the them, creepy oh. chin grab, and then the scissors. Because we also we're obviously it's we're supposed to believe first that it's Billy, and then we're supposed to believe that it's Stu, and then we're like, wait, no, it's 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 uh, Jamie Kennedy's character. It's was it Randy? Randy. Randy. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, it's Randy. Oh wait, it's a principal. Like so you're describing a really good whodunit. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Hmm. I should have formed my thought before I started complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to look back and not know that, oh, it's Billy and Stu. I always thought it was Gail. Yeah. Mm, okay. And maybe Gail and Dewey or like a combination of the two or one or the other. Here's what it is. What's up? When you kind of believe that it's everybody, mm-hmm. that takes away the twist a little bit. The twist should be, holy fuck, I didn't think it was him to me. It should be completely unexpected. But mm-hmm. when there's a seed of doubt for everybody, it's impossible to have that. Okay, but I think the movie justifies that because the first suspect you have is Billy from climbing into Sid's window right at the jump. He, you already get this like weird predatory, he's just trying to get into her pants vibe mm-hmm. from him. And then you have this back and forth with him throughout the whole movie of did he, didn't he? Did Did he call her when he was arrested? Or did he call his dad? What was the other instance? Oh, when she gets attacked in the house for the first time. The phone con- falls out of his pocket. Right. He's conveniently at the front door right then. So throughout the whole movie, it's did he, didn't he, did he, didn't he. He's, I think, the main suspect through the whole movie until he gets shot at the end. And then you're like, oh, no, I was wrong. It wasn't him. Oh, and oh no. Ghostface stabs him in the bedroom. Oh, stab. Dang it. Yeah, when he gets stabbed, stabbed in the bedroom. Yeah. Did you believe that? I, I 100% did the first time I watched it. Me yeah, too. I think I did too, yeah. I kind of agree with Josh in the sense of not necessarily that there's too many suspects, but the fact that I thought it was Billy the whole time. So when they do reveal that it is actually Billy, I'm like, well, yeah. Well, you're saying that with the knowledge of scary movie in your head like you would watch (laughs) scary movie that's true but scary movie doesn't give you the whole plot of scream yeah it's the exact same movie (laughs) (laughs) well i guess like final confession and everything like it's (laughs) okay but you were expecting billy the whole time were you expecting there to be two killers were you expecting Stu? 
That's what I was going to say. I didn't expect Stu. So that, I guess, is like a bigger reveal. But I think if there was kind of like a switch with Billy, like as far as acting, I feel like I would have been like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not him. But I feel like even in the police scenes, when he's like, it's not me, Sydney, it's not me. I'm just like, it's fucking you. I was just, <laughs> it's you, bitch, it's you. You know what I mean? And like, even if his motive which he has none, but even if his motive was like, well, I just wanted you to sleep with me or something stupid, I still would have believed that because that's like his whole thing in the beginning of the movie. He's had a motive. Yeah, he absolutely had a motive. Okay. Do I agree with his motive? No, but he did have a motive. He had a motive. I got to speak on this. Uh, (laughs) This needs to be addressed a little bit, I think, because not only motive for Scream 1, but ultimately for Screams 2 and 3 is... Basically, they're blaming it on Sydney's mom. Mm-hmm. The problematic is too far, but there's a lot of slut being thrown around yeah. and blaming yeah. Sydney's Sydney's mom had an affair. That's why I'm a mass murderer. Nah, son, you're a sociopath. And the that same ass. in Scream Three, it, it, it comes back to that. Yeah, and it's like, and I don't want to like touch on Scream Three because we're not talking about Scream Three, but it still is like. Hey man, why don't you blame your dad? Not the woman. I don't know. It felt in, in the le- in the lens of 2020, it felt a little iffy to me that everyone widely accepted that this woman who had an affair was the was a justifiable reason for these fucking psychos to kill a bunch of people. Well, I even- didn't say it was justifiable. I didn't. Just- I mean, the characters justify it. It's yeah. justifiable okay. to like this 17 year old white kid. Like he's- I suppose, yeah. He's like, I hate this woman that took my dad away. Right. And so I'm going to kill my girlfriend. Like, it's his dad's fault. And anyone else who gets in the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill the woman, too. Yeah. Yeah, he did kill her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a testament to Ski Ulrich that there's a moment when he tells Sydney why he's doing what he's doing that I, I hesitate to say this, but I feel for him Mm. do i do i do i sympathize do i agree can i put myself in his shoes absolutely not but and i'm gonna see okay no you could see where he's coming from. i can see where he's coming from and part of that is the cutaway to i think we'll all agree is the best performance in the movie Matthew Lillard. Say Absolutely. his name. Say who, his who name. did not, I guess Stu doesn't realize the entire backstory of why Billy's doing what he's doing. And he's he has this moment of, oh, shit. You know, he had no idea. But let's touch on the Matthew Lillard of it all. <laughs> let's go so there. He, he is just stupid good. So good. Can he, I tell you guys a fun fact that I read about it? Please yes. do. He was not even called in originally for this movie to audition. He was with his girlfriend at the time who had an audition for something else in the same building. And the casting director, Lisa Beach, walked by, saw him, and was like, hey, do you want to come audition for this? And he said (laughs) yes. I mean, arguably, the role that launched his career. Yeah, absolutely. And what is the, is it the, um, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Isn't that improvised? Uh, it is. That was improvised too? Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew the line where he's about to die and he says, uh, I always had a thing for you, Sid. Yeah. And then Nev Campbell says, 
what does she say? In your dreams. Right? In your dreams or whatever. And then so they improv. They improvised those two lines. I knew that, but I didn't know that one. That one's like my favorite line in the movie. Yeah, he yeah. crushes it. He's just so off the wall in a different movie for those last like thirty minutes, but it works. And it's if a, you, it's if a you, sociopath. Yeah. If yeah, you don't truly. have, I feel like if you don't have his energy in that kitchen. This that scene would not work at all. It would drag ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's something we're gonna all agree with too. Also, if you put not even a lesser, if you put a different actor in there and, and gave them basically the same notes and told them to do the same beats that he did, it would probably look stupid. Do you all think that he was directed, or he they were just like, here's the lines go? If he's well, improvising lines, like my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> you just let him ride. You let him go. <laughs> Well, I think I was trying to find the article, but I can't. He at one point was not a fan of the performance. Wes Craven, who was Matthew Lillard. Oh, Oh, really? He was. He was like it was. It was all gums, and I was spitting everywhere, and I was just going crazy. We love that though. And I just need you to know, Matthew Lillard, if you ever listen to this episode, (laughs) that performance changed me. We love your gums. (laughs) Listen, I have said it to Josh. When I see an actor who is so in it that they start spitting when they're speaking their lines, I am right there with I'm, them. I'm, in. I'm, I'm in there. I'm invested in every syllable you're saying. Okay. But uh, uh, this love fest has gone on too long. This is not about Matthew <laughs> Lord specifically. This is about the idea of Stu slash Billy. Okay. The two killer reveal is objectively one of the best reveals in horror movie history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also props to the foreshadowing when there was two students that were running around the school in ghost face masks. I didn't even notice that until Josh pointed it out. It's it's a fantastic foreshadowing. And there are different heights too. There's a tall one and a shorter one. Mm -hmm. So good. However, even though there's two of them, they are still doing some supernatural Jason Voorhees shit. <laughs> in the first scene alone. How? No. Let's go. In the first scene alone, the speed one at which they can place a homeboy, the boyfriend looked at least 180, tied <laughs> up, resisting. They did not have a lot of time to put it, assuming he was already pre-duct taped. Mm-hmm. Someone else had to be on the phone the whole time, so that means only one person Probably Matthew Lillard, who in this movie is is built like a beanpole, <laughs> had to drag his ass onto the patio. And then the time between the lights turning off, him getting stabbed and the lights turning on, is like two seconds. That's a drive-by knife, man. This patio's just... fucking huge. Look at it again. Do you know how fast he has to be? Next. You said beanpole. He's got long legs. Yeah. Sure. He'll okay. He can across. he can shaggy he can shaggy do <laughs> run in across and do a couple quick jabs. Fine. The speed I'll give you to the strength not. Back to the strength. Not to get <laughs> too morbid, but the amount of strength it would take to wrap up, hoist, throw over, and hang a dead body could not be done in the amount of time that the parents discovered Drew Barrymore's body. <laughs> Period. But they're also doing, they're doing it while she's on the phone. Like her mom can hear everything. She hears. She does not hear rustling. She does. <laughs> Don't okay. look at me. What? Okay. <laughs> but 
But you better interrupt me because I'm not done. There's a lot more instances. <laughs> I think this was their most methodically planned out murder. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I think every, all the other ones at Stu's house were totally like spur of the moment. This person's in the way, stabby stab, whatever. Yeah, but. Stabby stab. Stabby stab. It's a technical term. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In the script. (laughs) Casey is Drew Barrymore's character, right? Yes. Yes. I think Casey's house, I think everything there was set up ahead of time. I think the rope was ready to go. I I think Steve is her boyfriend, right? Mm -hmm. I think Steve was probably knocked out on his way to the house and they both staged him ready to go, Mm. then it was just playing with her. They knew she was going to die. They knew how she was going to die. They knew what they were going to do step by step. She had no chance. No chance. They just got to sit back and quote unquote morbidly enjoy it. Okay. I'll give you that. Besides (laughs) Principal (laughs) Principal Henry, that's the only murder until they get to the house in the third act. Like they don't kill anyone else. Mm-hmm. They chase Sydney through the house. I don't think they were intending to kill her. You don't think so? No. I think they were. You think they were going to kill her? I think the end game was just to kill Sydney. So if they had gotten to her that first night in the house, she, it, I mean, that would have been the end of the movie that movie. would have been the end of their murder spree Ugh, can you imagine i would die <laughs> <laughs> okay but <clears throat> back to the party another case of supernatural killing Don't cameraman s- what's his name yeah kenny? Kenny? kenny this was a big this was a big miss for me and everything revolving around kenny what? um the camera that kenny and gail had placed sees the front door it doesn't seem like it does it's just the living room but there's a moment when Ghostface is about to kill Randy. Hmm. And then uh, he hears something and runs out the front door. You see him run out the front door in the footage. And then Kenny is like, 30 second delay. So the camera sees the front door. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kenny's always watching it. Which means from the time Billy got fake stabbed to the time Kenny actually dies, Billy does not come out the front door. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's... It's Stu, no? It's Stu, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Stu is Stu is Ghostface. I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. I just okay, need you okay, to. Okay, I just. Okay. Okay. Also, I just, just to go back, I don't think the camera sees the front door. The camera's in the living room. Well, it sees some kind of exit. You see Ghostface. He exit. leaves. He leaves the room. I don't think it sees the front door. It it sees close to the front door. <laughs> Okay. Close enough for Josh's argument. Continue, babe. Continue. Thank you. Go. Okay. Stu comes out. And kills Kenny, sure. And then momentarily after, continues chasing and hiding and hatching the rest of his plan. I'd say there's a two to four, two to five minute window where Stu, the beanpole, (laughs) by himself, (laughs) lifts Kenny's body on top of the van. What's the problem here? What's the problem? (laughs) He lifted my boy. Why not? He's big. Gail no, literally yeah, no said fat shame on Kenny, but he's got to be like 250. <laughs> and when he's dead, that's dead weight. That's even harder. He's limp. And Stu's ghost face costume should be fucking covered in blood if that's the case. It should Stu be so. in general should just be covered well, yeah. in blood. I think one of the main issues, like this movie's like, killers aren't supernatural. There's got to be two of them. They can't teleport. 
well, they can't have super strength then either, guys. What if it was just like adrenaline? Exactly. Like the lifting the car thing? Mm-hmm. You're, you're telling far. me <laughs> that Stu has an equal proportion of strength as a mother saving her child. I, I, he's I a sociopath. It. Like, they're, whatever's going to get him off. Yeah, they're on a roll right now. They're just like, this is the home stretch. We got we to gotta do this. Got to kill some bitches. We got to kill yeah. some people. Also, what does Billy do? Does he just sit up in the room and twiddle his thumbs for? Like, that's why. <laughs> that's why I think that the per- the ghost face behind Randy is Billy. You think he's got to change of clothes up there? I do. You think he stashed his mm. ghost face costume upstairs? I do. So you think he fake dies, puts it on, does some shenanigans, goes mm. back upstairs to take it off? Yeah, it's well, it's probably not have, likely. I he think had to it's have, post- though. Sorry to cut no, you off, Rashawn. No, he no, had no. to have at least been able to get around the house because he had to be the one to stab David Arquette in the back because he comes out of the house when Stu is still outside, right? Right. That, I don't that, remember that timeline. There's so many cuts between Gale in the woods and then I think that's face all. I think that's all Stu. Really? Damn, Stu's really doing it. He's putting it work. I think endurance. it's Billy. I also... Uh, some people survive some nasty shit in this that maybe we should take them out. <laughs> State your case. If, State your case. If not, Gail Weathers should have been knocked cold a couple of times. Absolutely. She was. For a couple of minutes. Some of these people should be in a coma. <laughs> the only person who I believe is suffering the proper amount of blood loss in this film is Stu. 100. Yeah. yeah. In terms of delirium and... Uh, lack of strength because that's my biggest problem with a lot of horror movies is people be losing pints of blood and i get it adrenaline but at some point your body needs the blood vessels to carry the adrenaline to your (laughs) limbs and it doesn't have that i'm feeling a little woozy here (laughs) well even i mean to that like what you're saying is so he says that he's feeling woozy he thinks he's dying you think he's like passed out and then I'm not sure if like he's on the ground and Sydney walks by and he like grabs her and then he just like it's, fucking it's as- decks her. I'm <laughs> like, will, what? I can I can buy it a little bit. It's after Billy dies and he goes for one more like charge. Yeah, yeah. she stabbed Billy with the umbrella. Yeah, I I I'll, I buy it a little bit just because it instead of a fist fight, it's him kind of tackling her and then falling over the couch. Mm-hmm. If they like traded blows and he swung at her and like stabbed <laughs> her a couple times, I'd have been over it. But he just kind of charged at her and kind of knocked her over. I gave that the benefit of the benefit of the doubt, but mm-hmm. love that TV kill. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Is it realistic? I... Nah. Do I care? Nah. <laughs> but I don't like the legs twitching afterwards. I love it. <laughs> I don't like it. Part of part of the reason he should have an Oscar for that performance <laughs> is is that little twitchy leg. Because he got like, electrocuted as the, well. The Home Alone ass electrocution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a question for all of you. Mm-hmm. Where do we feel like Sydney Prescott is on the scale of horror movie women? Final leads? girls. Yeah, final girls. Thank you. Yes. Uh, number one. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I put I, her, I, I put her at number two. I Who's... disagree with you. You don't like her. That's not what I said. Okay. 
That is not what I said. Okay. I'm I, not, I, okay. I, I put her at number two only under Ms. Jamie Lee, yeah. personally. Mm. Okay. Here's how I feel about Sydney Prescott. This is not Nev Campbell. Go off. Is amazing <laughs> in it. I think she's phenomenal, and I cannot see another actor playing this part. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but Sydney Prescott in Scream 1 alone follows the line of every dumb horror girl true. in every horror movie. She, in that first scene when she's in her house alone, she gets in the fight with Ghostface and she goes to the door that she locked. It's not even the handle that is locked. It's a stupid latch on the door. And she jiggles it once. And instead of unlatching it, she runs <laughs> upstairs into her bedroom or one room in the house. She's home alone at night. She gets a mysterious phone call that says, I'm on the porch. <laughs> and she goes to the porch. Yes. I love it. No, no, Rashawn. (laughs) No, love it. No, if 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 that action or decision had not been preceded by her talking about how much she hates horror movies and all the dumb girls with the big tits go up the stairs, then I would hate it. But I think it's I love that she criticizes it and then does it, and she's not think she's not thinking in the moment. But that doesn't make her a good final girl. Well. <laughs> that, that means she's <laughs> following the same trope. Well, isn't final girl itself a trope? So, oh, shit. Huh? I said, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess like if you are a final girl, I guess in my opinion, you do got to follow, I mean, follow I can't, into yeah, that. I can't argue too much. I think Jamie Lee is, what's her name? What's her character's name? Lori Strode. Mm. I, yeah, I don't think I think Lori is probably the best final girl. But oh, you want to talk about some dumb decisions? I know we're not talking about Halloween today. I know, but that's what I'm saying is I can't <laughs> I can't strictly base my vote of final girl only on dumb decisions because Lori makes some really fucking dumb decisions. How many times so, did she turn her back on Michael fucking Myers? I, I'm not yeah. done with Sydney Prescott. Yeah, let's go hear off. It. Please continue. Randy gives the rules. Rashawn, I know you have them memorized by heart. What are the rules for a horror movie to stay alive? Um, no sex. What does Sydney do in the third act? She has sex. I mean, Stu calls that out. Period. Stu calls that out. He says, "You just lost your virginity. You're not safe anymore." Yes. Because I, I mean, just... does she ever say, "I'll be right back"? Because that's another. That's another she rule. Never say, "I'll be right back." Never have sex. No drugs or alcohol. Which she doesn't do. She, she does doesn't. not do. She never drinks. Mm-mm. Okay. But. I'm not saying that I don't like Sydney Prescott. You're just saying she deserved to die. No. Do <laughs> not do that. No. No one deserved what happened in that movie. Except Billy. Except yeah, Billy. Billy, Billy and Stu. I mean. Yeah. They, they deserved what they got. But Sydney. And I know we're not talking about the franchise as a whole. She mm-hmm. becomes like the definition of what a final girl is. And that's mm-hmm. why I think if you're looking at the franchise as a whole, Sydney Prescott is number one. But Sorry. in this movie, she is so annoying. <laughs> Her choices <laughs> are so annoying. She kicks ass. She fights back. And I love that. I respect that. I love that she wears the ghost face costume at the end to stab Billy. I love it all. But the decisions she makes up until she gets the upper hand are not great. I changed my answer. Uh Uh-oh. Are you going to fight me? 
Ellen Ripley is the best final girl. Mm, I'm gonna fight you on that. What's, um, who's, who's, who's this? Uh, Alien Sigourney Weaver. Have you? We're gonna, we'll, we'll have we'll have a part two of this episode. We'll have a part two of this episode. <laughs> we can't get into this now. Yeah, no, <laughs> not this late in the game. Um, all right, I, all right. I, I have a I have a quick question. Yeah. At first, I love Randy, but watching now is Randy's character too on the nose? Is it too much? Like, this is a movie about horror movies. Like, is Randy too much? I kind of like it. I love it. I okay. really like it. Yeah. I could have done without his character. Oh, I no. think I think Jamie Kennedy does actually a pretty great job. I agree, but I think the character is a little redundant. I think the whole movie is about horror movie tropes. We don't need someone explaining horror movie tropes in every scene. I agree with you. Well, I think that kind of because you know how you were explaining that these intelligent teenagers know what's happening around them like he is that whole description like his character is that person i think it felt dirty because they make randy seem almost unkillable with his knowledge of horror movies Mm -hmm. and then the only reason he survives is because ghostface gets distracted like he has such deep knowledge of horror movies but then he turns his back to the killer he drinks he lets his guard like he does all these he breaks his own rules to me the only reason why he survived is because he's a virgin right yeah Mm. wow Rude to assume, but okay. No, he says <laughs> he it. Says he's, it. Like, <laughs> he's like, thank God I'm... I've never been right. so happy to be a virgin. Yeah. That's, right. That's true. Ending aside, because we love the Matthew Lillard, I think he has, if not the best, two of the most famous scenes in the movie, which is the video store with Billy and Stu, and then um, the video store where he's No, I know what you're it. talking about. I just you don't like that scene? That the- I didn't I, say that. I, I think don't your think face it's one of said I did not like it. I think the no, video store scene is the best in the movie. That is not ever the scene that I would pull out and be like, that is scream. See, I don't, don't want to go back to another episode here, but remember when we were talking about Titanic and you guys mentioned Victor Garber and I said he's not the best in the movie? This is how I feel right now. <laughs> oh, please go watch scary movie. <laughs> about jamie kennedy you're saying no like i feel like this is how Lacey feels she's like what do you mean that's the best scene i do i I really really like it because it ties back into what josh is saying and carmella where you're still doubting if it's billy and Stu. well you don't think about Stu, but you're like oh it's for sure it's billy and then after that scene you're like wait is it billy like i think it's really important to the movie to me, the moment that... <laughs> Why do you not right. like that scene, Lacey? I need to know. I didn't say I didn't <laughs> like it. No, why do you hate that scene, Lacey? Which one, Rashawn? The videos? Matthew Lillard, your least favorite actor? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have don't. He could be listening right now. <laughs> what The video store scene. Why is it not I your, never why said do you I think didn't like it. Why do you hate it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said, you said it's one of the two scenes. What did you say? It's one of the two scenes in the movie that, that like make the movie. I think they're important to the movie. Yes. I you would think say that's what you said the first time around. Probably not, but we can't I roll, said back, it's my favorite scene <laughs> roll back the tape. Josh said it's his favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. I do not think when I think about Scream, if I was going to pick like the scene that defines it for me it's that final scene with sydney billy and Stu. all of this goes back to jamie kennedy do i like his character yes do i think he does 
a fantastic job acting that character 100%. Do I think that character is necessary in the telling of the story? No, I do not. That okay, forget about the video store scene. The scene at the party where they pause the movie and Michael has the knife pointing mm-hmm. to Randy while mm-hmm. he talks about the rules. Mm-hmm. You don't think about that scene when you think about screen? Literally any character could have given that explanation of of horror movie roles. But it would not have felt as organic as when Randy does it. Like, Rand, you feel this guy cannot wait to just talk about horror movies. I think Randy is supposed to serve as the audience. He's supposed to be the manifestation of the internal dialogue of the audience. Oh, shit. Come on. Manifestation. I think well, if, I got if, you, Jamie Kennedy. I didn't Lord. need that. <laughs> I think if Tatum, <laughs> if Tatum stands up and gives that same speech, it doesn't work. You know I, okay, I mean? okay. Arguably, then, mm-hmm. could Stu or Billy have given that same monologue? They I are think, just as passionate about horror movies. I obviously, I not to the their only friends, person though. that could give that monologue and have it be hold any weight is Stu. Billy has already proved he quote unquote doesn't care about the rules. That's what he's trying to come across as. So I think Stu maybe could deliver that, but he's too busy being Ghostface at the time. So I, isn't he? No, whatever. No, he does. He says, be right back. And he goes, yeah, Do you want, like, I'm going right. to grab a beer. You're right. I'm right just back. saying. Can we roll that back? What'd you just say? I said, you're right. Yes. <laughs> God, I feel very ganged up on right now. All right. All right. All right. Let's give Lacey a break. Thank you. Uh, two things. Steve, the boyfriend, mm-hmm. was given the role after he was denied the initial role he auditioned for, which was Billy. They, they did take into consideration uh, Skeet resemblance to Johnny Depp when he got the role because of Nightmare. As we were watching it, Josh looked up and said, God, I bet you he only got that part because of his resemblance to Johnny Depp. (laughs) (laughs) And later we see that was, in fact, part of the reason he got the part. Facetiously, I think he's very good in it. I don't think he only got, but yes. The coolest thing we slash Lacey found was uh, Drew Barrymore was initially offered the role of Sydney Prescott mm-hmm. because she was huge at the time. She's a child actress. Obviously, she's Drew Barrymore, but she turned it down and requested to play Casey. Yes, because if Drew Barrymore, the biggest star in the film, gets killed right away, then they don't know who's fair game, who's safe, who's not. Very, very much psycho vibes in that. Yeah, this big movie star was killed in the opening scene, so no one knows what's going to happen next. And that was Drew Barrymore's idea herself. Speaking of resemblance, I think. And uh, Nev look like brother and sister. <laughs> Putting it out there. Maybe cousins. We don't have time to get into this. Shit. I just wanted to put that in the mix. Why that's all I have that? to say. They have like the same big teeth and like the same juice. <laughs> there is no Nev Campbell slander. No, I. There's no slander. They're both hot. I'm just saying they look. Alike. They're both similarly hot. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Sibling-like <laughs> hotness. All right, let's 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 give the brother-sister talk a rest. <laughs> let's play a game. Ooh. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I despise guessing games. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Since we're talking about Final Girls and Ghostface... We're going to play a version of this or that called Ghostface or Final Girl. Oh, Ooh. shit. Okay. 
I'm going to give you two popular characters, uh, whether in movies or television, paired together. And we're going to decide who's the ghost face and who's the final girl. I'm in. Let's go. So our first pair, two pretty iconic characters, I think. We have Elle Woods. Mm. And we have Phoebe Buffay. Oh, easy. <laughs> okay. Elle's the final girl. Elle's the final girl? Yeah. Yeah. And Phoebe, sorry, Phoebe. Phoebe's not even Millie. Phoebe's Stu. One hundred percent. Well, yeah. yeah. I feel like I recognize that even in just this movie, like today when I finished watching it. That's he might be a little off. <laughs> no, not that he's off. We know he's off, but that um that he really didn't think much of this. He was just like fuck it let's kill you know like he yeah. is just he didn't even know the full reason no he's like oh yeah my best friend's doing it let's do it like that's it that's the Here, bottom line for him here's why i think El. oh Lacey, go ahead i disagree okay here's why <gasps> i think el <Elwood> <laughs> <the final girl. laughs> speak your piece because i think i'm right billy became the killer when met with adversity and he didn't know how to handle it so he had to lash out and did what he think is punishing other people mm-hmm. el woods has met plenty of adversity for someone of her background. Uh, oh. Are you sure wh- about that? Elle Woods, yeah, Elle Woods is an intake of white privilege. That's fine. But she also had some objectively tough things happen to her for her personal life, for her love life. And she did not meet them by lashing out. She met them by becoming stronger and smarter and better as a person and fought against the adversity. Phoebe Buffay has lied about having a twin. Right? Didn't she lie about it or did she find out? No, she, she found out. She's always had a twin. She found out she was adopted. I think it was she found out her mom was still yeah. alive and her mom, her who she thought was her mom was not actually her mom. That's what it is. There I don't is. care. She still does some and sketchy her dad. shit. Mm-hmm. Can I go now, please? <laughs> Phoebe Buffay oh boy. is a vegetarian. So? She, although she spent some time on the street and she, I believe, Punched a few people. And mugged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mugged. She mugged Ross. She never actually inflicted violence on another human body. And if we're looking at intelligence here, we have a Harvard Law grad and Phoebe Buffet. Elle <laughs> <laughs> Woods is meticulous. Elle mm-hmm. Woods is intelligent. L Woods is cutthroat. Yep. L Woods, she would stab somebody. That's my argument. She'd stab somebody with knowledge, maybe. No. Look, (laughs) Ghostface is always multiple people. How perfect is it? Not always. In the third movie, he's only one, right? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Isn't he multiple? Isn't there? Isn't there another copycat in Scream Three? No, it's just him. Three fourths of the time, Ghostface is multiple people. How perfect would it be? If you had a fucking identical twin. So you're saying it's Phoebe and Ursula. Yes, I'm saying it's Phoebe and Ursula. Next question. Well, as the host of this podcast, I'm going to say that it's Elwood's. What the fuck is wrong with you? Elwood's is Ghostface? Look, a broken heart sent that girl to Harvard. Can you imagine what a broken home would do? Send her to Juilliard. I don't know. She's going to kill people. And she might. Get away with it because she's going to be her own defense attorney. 
That's fine then. Rashawn as long as she gets away with it. speaking to my soul. Next question. <laughs> Wait, Carmela, you said Elle Woods is the final girl, right? Um, Don't do yes. this to me. Don't leave me now. No, no, no. Okay. I did say Elle Woods is the final girl. Um, so it's tied. Yeah. Yeah, but I have two votes, so. Yeah, I know. Oh. I, I shouldn't have established that rule <laughs> so early sure on. Did. <laughs> All right, next round. We have Corey Matthews. Oh, my God. Or Ann Perkins. Ooh. Oh, shit. Who's Ghostface? Who's the final girl? I got it. Yeah, what, go ahead. What's up? Corey Matthews is the final girl in the same way Sydney Prescott is the final girl in the first movie. Where you hate them both. <laughs> Rashawn, we were just vibing. Oh, no. I'm just keeping it lively, girl. <laughs> Corey Matthews makes it to the end by accident. He makes okay. it to the end by pure luck. Because of the people around him helping him, kind of thing? I'm not acknowledging you anymore. Well, I'm agreeing with you. Sydney <laughs> <laughs> Prescott did not do it on her own. She didn't. Gail Weathers shot the gun. Hello? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm agreeing with you. Thank you. Love you. Ann Perkins is a nurse, so she has access to equipment. She has access to disposing of a body. She has access to poisons. She knows where to cut. She's smart. She is really really fragile mm-hmm. we talk about how many boyfriends she's had and how she adjusts her personality to her boyfriends like a sociopath does that's true <laughs> i'm second guessing it now though i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cut in here and i'm gonna <laughs> he s- said cut in <laughs> i'm gonna say that Corey matthews maybe this is you know, an argument for a different episode. But I think Corey Matthews is a sociopath. Oh, 100. I was also thinking that because of what he did to Topanga. He forced her, right? Yeah. Yes. I think I think he is off in, in the scariest ways. So I think <laughs> Topanga decides that she's had enough and she leaves him. Maybe it's like that season finale where he proposed during graduation. Ugh. And when she could, when is she going to go to Harvard or Princeton? Yes, and she stayed where she was for Corey F and Matthews. <sighs> but let's say she didn't. She decided to leave. She breaks Corey Matthews. Corey Matthews has had enough, and he heads to Pawnee, Indiana, <laughs> <laughs> and he takes everyone out except for Ann Perkins. Maybe yeah, I might I might be switching sides here. So I think that Corey would be Ghostface, and I think it's because him and Sean are no longer friends anymore. I'm a huge Boy Meets World fan, so like I immediately thought of that episode when they're in the elevator and he keeps having a dream that he's gonna kill Sean. <gasps> yeah, remember you're that? Right. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, him and Sean, or sorry, Sean and Angela actually get together. They go off. They don't really talk anymore. And that, like, just spins him out of control. His first victim is Topanga. Oh. Fucked up, right? Yeah. And I think because Anne is just, like, too savvy that she would be a final girl, but she would be very smart. Way, way smarter than Nev Campbell. But. <laughs> yes, girl. Talk I will about stop it. this podcast right now. <laughs> 
Corey Matthews. So Corey Matthews it is. Whatever. Last round. <laughs> Lacey's just not winning today. This is not my day. <laughs> Last round. Y'all ready? Yep. Yeah. I guess. Ghostface or Final Girl? Tracy Jordan <laughs> or Carlton Banks? Holy Ooh. shit. <laughs> Who's Ghostface? I have my answer. Carlton's Ghostface. <laughs> I quit. I'm leaving. <laughs> Carlton's ghost face. Tracy is, look, Tracy is Tracy. Tracy's not a murderer. No. He's not a psycho. He's a calculated, chaotic, neutral. Carlton, the moment there was any sense of danger, Carlton felt uh, any threat whatsoever, he went out and got a piece and brought it to a fucking hospital where Will was. Hello? Do you remember that? <laughs> God, yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Carlton is 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 walking on thin ice twenty four seven, and you know he's a one percenter now. You know, without a doubt, without <laughs> a doubt, dude. He's like he's Carlton's ghost face with a little bit of American Psycho mixed yeah. in, like a little bit of crazy money. And Tracy, I'm gonna say this: Carlton's ghost face. I don't know if Tracy makes it to be the final girl. <laughs> I think Tracy just makes it. I, I don't know if he's the final girl, but he survives somehow. He does not Tracy. even realize that he's a final girl. I was literally going to say that. Yeah. Well, I was going to use the example of Carlton going out to get the gun in that episode as the reason he is the final girl because... One, Carlton has money. He has the means. Carlton is smart. He's a, he's a very intellectual person. He's book smart. Let's... He is physical. He's a dancer, so he can get himself okay. out of tight situations. He dances. He is not a dancer. <laughs> have you seen his Aunt Viv can dance. Carlton got some moves. Oh. And Alfonso Ribeiro, have... I think, we... won Dancing with the Stars, I think. Yeah, so we're talking about Carlton, not... He Alonzo. is a dancer. I said what I said. She said it. I did. As far as Tracy being Ghostface, I think he is the equivalent of the stew in this situation. I think he would need someone else to help facilitate it. So you're um, saying Tracy and Jenna are Ghostface? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Jenna as is a duo. Full ass Billy. <laughs> That's my case. I know y'all disagree, so let's vote and move on. We didn't hear Mel's side. No, I, I feel like I, de- I definitely agree that Tracy would be the final girl, but n- not knowing. Like, shit would be happening, and it would just be, like, him dodging out of the way, but he still doesn't know that he's being killed. <laughs> so just by default that he's the final girl. Yeah. And... um and Three Stooges sketch, like, he ducks to ties his shoe. As yeah, a <laughs> It's just, like, super cartoonish the whole time. And that just, like, revs up Carlton even more. Mm-hmm. Okay, if 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 Carlton is, say, the Billy in the situation, who's his stew? Is it Jazzy? Or is it Will? <laughs> I think it's Hillary. Yeah. Yeah, Hillary. that's okay. what I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Except when Jazzy. killing people be too no. gross. Yeah, she would never get her hands dirty. No, no, no. <laughs> she would probably just, like, record everything and, like, help them out a little bit. But, yeah. <laughs> Be the man in the van. <laughs> All right, we got our final ghost face, Carlton, and our final girl, 
Tracy Jordan. Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Thirty Rock. Wrapping things up this week, I think we're all good. I think we yeah. can. Um, Y'all are to... all good. <laughs> this was a rough episode. We for can me. come to the conclusion that Scream is a pretty monumental movie. Mm-hmm. That Ghostface, Absolutely. Ghostface is superhuman. Yep. A little bit. A little. And someone, no names, would like Randy to not be in the franchise. Oh, my God. Oh, also in that uh, Nev and Skeet Ulrich look like brother and sister. No, that's <laughs> stricken from the record. Stricken from the record. That Matthew Lillard can do no wrong. Matthew yes. Lillard is king, and we love him. We end this episode announcing that this is now a Matthew Lillard <laughs> stand podcast. <laughs> All right, so we end each episode with a quick round of Six Degrees of Separation, where we give you a small preview of the movie we'll be talking about next week. So, who can find the fastest connection between Nev Campbell and the star of next week's movie, Kirsten Dunst? Ooh. Oh. Do animated movies count? Yeah. I can do this. I'm going to win bonus points forever. <laughs> do you know the animated movie I'm thinking of, Rashad? No. For Nev Campbell? Oh, yes. Oh, oh! oh. Josh is my favorite person in the world. Okay, I haven't connected it yet, though. Okay. Hold on. I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm so close, dude. I'm so close. Because Nev Campbell wasn't in shit. Oh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> There's one thing we're not going to do. Is talk about my dear Nev. <gasps> I have one. Carmela got it. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me think about it one second. <laughs> so Nev Campbell was in Scream 4 with Ember Roberts who is in Blow with Johnny Depp, who is in Finding Neverland with Kate Winslet, who is in Eternal Sunshine with Kirsten Dunst. Oh! There you go. There you go. In four. Fuck. Carmella. Get it, girl. I was desperately trying to do Lion King 2. Oh, who s- is she in Lion King 2? She's his daughter. <gasps> yeah. I, I learned that, that recently. I would have been mad if you used that because you have not seen it. Yeah, but I knew it. I knew she was Kiara. You can't use a Disney sequel if you have never watched a Disney sequel, Josh. <laughs> Those are the rules. Where were you, Rashawn? Um, I was nowhere, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Once Josh told me uh, Simba's Pride, I was just thinking about Simba's Pride. <laughs> we are more uh, than we are. That's so good. All right, that's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and rated us on iTunes. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinephile Attack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Rashawn. Mella. Josh and Lacey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Bye.